0: Good morning. Please join me in prayer. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit that we may hear your word with joy. Our scripture reading this morning comes from John chapter 3, verses 1 through 15. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of the water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus. And you do not understand these things? I tell you the truth. We speak of what we know, and we testify to what we have seen. But still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe me if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks, Lori. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, open our minds and hearts that your Holy Spirit might speak to us today to hear what you have for us for the purpose of our lives. And we thank you in Christ's name. Amen. A few weeks ago, I was in Washington, D.C. to see one of my granddaughter Grace's senior year field hockey games. They won. But while we were there, came the night at her school for senior parents to go for college night to talk about what's going to happen with co- you know in the college process. So we drew straws, and my son Zach lost, so he had to go to the meeting. And my, da- gran- uh, my daughter-in-law, Laura, and I got to go out to dinner. So we're sitting in a little restaurant near their, their house there outside Washington, DC. And we got to talking about things, and the conversation came about. Why are so many modern Christians fearful and anxious? And Laura, just out of the clear blue sky, said, where is our blessed assurance? And I said, thank you very much, because Pastor Chris had called me that day and asked if I would preach on this particular Sunday. And usually I said, okay, let me pray about it. And that day, for some reason, I, I immediately said, yes, I will. And then we were out to dinner, and when Lara said, where is our Blessed Assurance, I said, thank you. You just gave me my sermon topic. So what I want to do today, just to take a few minutes, I want to talk about the three stanzas of the song. You may want to open your bulletin back to the the song Blessed Assurance. I'm going to take just a few minutes to talk about the three stanzas. Then I want to talk about the refrain, and then... I'm going to present to you the scariest question that you can ask God. So that's what we're going to do this morning. Um, But I want to set this as the basis of what we're going to talk about. And that is that blessed assurance is not achieved by you. It is achieved for you. Blessed assurance is not achieved by you. It's achieved for you. You know, John 3 is an old story. It's, it's very basic. We learn it early as children. If we, if we learn the Bible early, that's one of the ones we learn. Also, this song is an old one. Fanny Crosby, who was a native of Bridgeport, Connecticut. Uh, Fanny Crosby wrote, wrote this in the 1870s. But the song and the story are both very core to what we're doing. So the first stanza, look back at the first stanza. This is what John 3, 5 is talking about that Lori read to us. Jesus and Nicodemus about being born of water and the Spirit. Waters are human birth. It is, it, it is an age-old metaphor, water as the, the gift of birth. But it's the Holy Spirit that gives us new life. It is in that way that the Holy Spirit abides in us and we go on to understand that it is the blood of Christ that cleanses us, as we abide in the Holy Spirit and we are cleansed by the blood of Christ, this is the basis of our blessed assurance. So in the second stanza, once that has been established, under perfect submission, we hate that, don't we? That submission? Oh, we just hate that. But it's submission that opens both our ears and our hearts. We crave independence, but Paul said something in in Romans 8. Paul said in Romans 8, for I am convinced, and and listen to this, this is wonderful, because Paul almost gets breathless here. For I am convinced or assured that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. It is in our our submission that we open ourselves to God, that we trust him to do and be the best for us. Our submission in placing our trust in the character of God it is there that we really receive and experience God's love. Now, the third stanza, still talking about submission, says, all is at rest. You know, I can't produce my own peace. David Lee Roth of Van Halen once said, I can't buy happiness but I can buy a big enough boat to sail right up next to it. Now, that's a misconception, and it's, it's a common misconception that's expressed in a lot of different ways. Because, you see, in, John, in 1 John, in the, the Apostle John, in, in his first letter, he put it this way. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. Now note something about that, that you may know that you have eternal life. Not will have eternal life, you have eternal life. We have the opportunity today, every day, to find ourselves lost in God's love. So, having established our blessed assurance, where do we go from here? Do we just, like, climb into our spiritual lounge chair and cruise out through the rest of our lives? No. We go to the refrain. we got to talk about the chorus. Notice it says twice in that very short chorus, this is my story, this is my psalm. It's repeated for emphasis, just like we often see in Scripture the point being repeated for emphasis. Read through the psalms. So, This is my story, this is my song. No matter what stage of life we're in, and we may be in very different stages. Some of you have small children, and you're in the stage of your life where you say, when will I ever be able to get enough sleep? I'm at the stage in my life where I say, where can I find comfortable shoes? (laughs) We're in all sorts of different stages of our lives, but our story Is predicated on the same ideas. Our story is our time spent, its actions taken, its relationships lived out. The story, my story, your story, is the lived experiences of our life. It's our biography, mine and yours. So out of that story we also hear my song. I think the differentiation there, the distinction is that my song, if, if my story is the experience of my life, my song is the expression of my life. It's the rhythm of my life. <clears throat> when you study ancient civilizations, many, many ancient civilizations were focused on the patterns and the rhythms of the universe, or of nature, through seasons, or rituals, or practices, to keep things in proper alignment. I still remember my grandparents, which for for most of you, that's pretty ancient history. Uh, My grandparents only planted potatoes at a certain time in the spring under the light of a full moon. That was a ritual that was really important to them. We seek those things that try to bring alignment in that way. Jesus had a rhythm in his life. Think about that. He had a rhythm in his life. Uh, As you read through the Gospels, uh, he taught, he healed, he prayed, he sought company with others, and he sought time to himself. He traveled. And we realize that the expression of Jesus' life brought transformation to those who came to know him. So, we have in our song the expression of our life. What's the message of that song? We invest our lives through in our experiences, and through our experience, the expression of our lives... So what is the message of that story and song? Let me propose a thought to you on that. If God is God, and if Christ is my Savior, then we come to the place where Jesus was when he was speaking with Martha. You remember Jesus was speaking with Martha. Lazarus, her brother, had died four days ago. And he comes to Martha, and he says, you know, Lazarus is going to be raised again. And Martha says, I know in the end he will be raised from the dead. And Jesus says this to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? He asked Martha, and I asked you this morning, do you believe this? That is Jesus' statement of promise, as he expresses himself as the resurrection life. So, if God is God, and Christ is Lord, then this is how we view the world and our life in it. Through Christ's resurrection, we view the world through Christ's resurrection, And we view the world from our deliverance, not later, now. That we are now already a delivered people. And through the resurrection and from our deliverance, in God's sovereignty, he is in charge. I have nothing to fear. We have nothing to fear. In the worst circumstances, you can say, you cannot take my life. I've given it. My friend Lee Stott, years ago in Iowa, Lee was kind of crazy, and I won't tell you all the stories about him, but he picked up a hitchhiker, and they were driving down the road, and the guy pulled a gun on him, and he held the gun up to him, and Lee said, let me tell you something. For me to live as Christ, And to die is gain. The guy with the gun was somewhat taken aback. And he said, would you let me out? And Lee said, not till I tell you about Jesus. (laughs) Um, I don't know that I would have been able to do that in that circumstance, but that's the kind of person Lee was. But it was an expression of what I just said. You can't take my life. I've given it. It belongs to somebody else. My point is that that once we look at the world through the resurrection, and once we understand God to be God, then, therefore, if God is God, and then I look at the world through the resurrection, therefore, blessed assurance gives me Let me tell you one more story. Blood Assurance gives me my friend Bruce, who lives in Connecticut. Bruce is dying of a lung disease. We don't know how long he's going to make it. So every time I'm in Connecticut, I stop to see him. And I can only be there for an hour because he gets too tired, because he's on oxygen 24-7. So at the end of our time together, we always pray. And then our customary departure is I'll say, well... If I don't see you here, I'll see you up there. And he says, I'll be looking for you. (laughs) The point in that is that our blessed assurance brings us joy and peace and freedom. We sang blessed assurance, if some of you remember, at Julie's funeral. And I didn't know I was going to talk about this this morning, but I'm going to. As we sat and my niece said, you know, I think we should sing Blessed Assurance at Julie's funeral. I'm like, duh, yeah, yeah. And I realized that her Blessed Assurance and my Blessed Assurance has us apart for now, but separate never. And that is the great promise of blessed assurance. That is the peace and the joy and the freedom that is bestowed upon us. So, once we have assumed and accepted that blessed assurance, that brings us to the scariest question we can ask God. So. The scariest question we could ask God. You ready for this? Lord, what would you have me do? Why is that so scary? Well, for one reason, and a basic reason, there is no way we can answer that ahead of time. Are any of you those people who like to have the answer to the question before you ask it? Some of us kind of are that kind of person. We like to have the answer to the question before we ask it. But you can't do that in this situation. You can't plan for the answer. You have to take it on faith. But God's character, and with Christ in my heart, I have nothing to fear. Not for the future, not now. Now the second thing about the fact that we have to take that question, what would you have me do? that We have to take it on faith. The second part is that it gives us eternal purpose beyond the mere physical, mental, or emotional experience of my story. So what's the purpose of your life today? Anne Lamott, in one of her books, says, in dark times, give off light. In dark times, give off light. How do we do that? We do that because we speak truth and we live love. We shed light by speaking truth and living love. In any circumstance, church, work, family, bring light, bring love and truth, and share that light. So I invite you today to ask that question, Lord, what would you have me do? I ask you today, every day, any day, because we live in blessed assurance. Let me express that assurance again from the book of Ephesians. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. This is God's great promise and gift to us. Let the story of your life be about Jesus and your walk with him. Let the rhythm of your life be the song of your life in Christ. We have nothing to fear. We have Christ and we have eternal life. Because just after what Laurie read this morning, Jesus said what? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should never perish but have everlasting life. God so loved us that he gave us the promise of blessed assurance that can fill and overflow the story of and the song of our life. Some of you might, this morning, right here in this place, realize that you've never asked Christ to be your Savior. If that's a realization that's come to you this morning, you are welcome to come talk to me, talk to Pastor Chris when he comes back, talk to another Christian that you trust. If you say, wow, I've never done that, and that would be a right thing to do, let the time not pass that you take that step. If Christ is your Savior, if you have placed your trust in Him and are seeking to walk with Him, I challenge you today to employ the story of your life, to let the song of your life glorify God and build His kingdom. These are some days. These are, in our world, some dark days. And we are the ones whom God has given the charge to be light in dark places. So I challenge you today to take this question with you. Lord, what would you have me do? Because you live now and always in blessed assurance. We're going to take just a couple of moments to reflect on what we've just been talking about, and then we'll pray and also pray the Lord's Prayer. So take a couple of moments to reflect.